People like games. What's up, people? It's Solo, and welcome back to a conversation Let's with. I got on a very interesting guest today, George Yang, freelance games writer. Yin Yang Fu on Twitter. It's gonna be right here as yeah, a visual yeah. <laughs> somewhere on the picture. So go follow him. He has a bunch of great pieces in different bylines. And so yeah. welcome to the show, George. We we're just talking before. Uh, it's super hot out, but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna manage a convo even in this midst of this heat. And so yeah. getting into things, just to sort of start with some uh, softball questions. What game are you playing right now? The last thing you play right now. Um, I am actually I'm playing Lost Judgment. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I actually started it last year um, when I was reviewing the game um, mm -hmm. the book before it came out. Um, I did the main story. Uh, and then also get a few of the side quests, stuff like that, um, to like prepare for the for the review and stuff like that. Um, but then I, I kind of dropped it after mm -hmm. I posted the review because I had some other stuff to go through. Because um, around that time, I was also reviewing um, Tales Over Eyes, mm -hmm. as well as uh, Life is Strange True Colors. Um, they, they all dropped in like the same general time period. And so like, I, I couldn't really get like deeper into Lost Judgment, you know? Like, Absolutely. Um, but, but I recently went back, um, this like past week to go through and, um, try to get the platinum trophy for the game. So when you so, start really enjoying a game like that, but you have like a whole bunch of reviews, does that like change the flavor of having to play games where, you know, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So then how does yeah. that work? Like, does that, yeah. okay, if you really like a game, is it like, mm -hmm. I don't want to review this so I right. can play it. Right. Um, yeah. So as a freelancer. I have a lot of freedom in what I want to review and what to play. That that's one of the advantages. I imagine if you're like a full-time, um, you know, staff writer out to play, you might get assigned mm -hmm. a um, like a game to review, whether you're interested or not. You know, mm -hmm. you know, someone needs to review it, right? Absolutely. Um, but but in my case, as a freelancer, I can deny projects or games that I'm typically not interested in. Um, so. I, I, I've gotten this question before, like, oh, why are my, like, George, why do you tend to score, like, the game to review, why do you tend to score them, like, on the, like, more positively, you know, skew, like, I, I typically give out, give out, like, seven, eight, nines, tens, whatever. Well, I, I never, I've given, I've given out one ten. What, but, what's the um, ten for? Uh, personally, for me, it was uh, The World Ends With You. Uh, the World Ends With You? Okay. New, yeah, new one. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I really love that game. Um, but typically, you know, I, I my 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 resources do tend to skew on the positive, positive side because these are games that I'm already interested in playing, mm -hmm. and I I think I have a general good barometer of you know um, of like uh, of like you know I can tell by a trailer like oh this could potentially be a good game or mm -hmm. you know this this developer that's working on the game has a good track record so Absolutely. generally it's going to be good. You know, yeah. in that case. So, so that's why my review scores tend to be skewed more positively because because you want to be playing those games. I want to play them, yeah, and and I generally do enjoy them. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a difference between like playing a game for review and then just mm -hmm. enjoying it because with um with a game for review, uh, you're you're on a deadline. Yeah, and you never know when, you know, PR or the developer will send you the code. You know. Mm -hmm. um, like for example, Elden Ring, right? Um, you know, lots of people love it. I love it. You know, Elden Ring is great. Um, but we we did not. Uh, you you may have already knew this, but um, a lot of like us reviewers, we did not get enough time with the game. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So I saw that was a trending thing, but that's where I was going to say it. So why is there, so why is there such a need to get it or the release out within 48 hours of the release? Or is that part of the process as so, specific outlets? Yeah. So, um, so generally, um, I, I think a lot of just like people don't understand that when you publish reviews, reviews actually don't drive a good amount of traffic. Like they don't like in terms of numbers, yeah. like it's it just there for like show, like, like unless you're like IGN or GameSpot, you know, typically yeah. from almost every site reviews don't pull in the numbers. Right. It, it just mm -hmm. like guides or like, you know, features, interviews, stuff like that. Yeah. Re reviews don't, you know, they, they, a lot of people, including myself, you know, I admit it. A lot of people just scroll down the bottom, look at the score and that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so, so when- Is there viewership in the video versions of reviews though, comparatively to the numbers on the written I version? Comparatively, I think video reviews would be better. Yeah, um, but then the written yeah. versions have a specific not niche. So, um, so, so if you do publish a review, mm -hmm. ideally it has to be when the review embargo lists. Mm -hmm. That is when, sites get the most traffic for the review, right? Okay. And, and so that's why there's so much importance of hitting that review embargo deadline. Because when that lists, most likely that is the most you'll ever get out of like uh, views of your review. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So, so, the, so that's something to really keep in mind. And, it's and a maximizing of clicks. Yeah. So that that's another quote. We're gonna have some conversation because I know you're 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 pretty smart about journalism and mm -hmm. sort of the digital landscape, right. which he, George had a great interview over on real-time strategy, which mm -hmm. go take a listen as well. Yeah. Um, but now going completely left field, what's your favorite game series of all time? Series, um, man. Um, I I really like the Tales series. Mm -hmm. um, um, my, my wheelhouse is like definitely JRPGs. JRPGs. I, I love JRPGs in general. Uh, Tales, uh, Final Fantasy, Persona, um, those types those types of games but i really Absolutely. do play everything um triple a games indie games just really like i really like to broaden my horizon yeah. but I, I will say that like jrpgs are are my definitely definitely my favorite um, i'm playing the, Trigger for the first much, time the ones that i don't have as much knowledge in are like um are like mostly multiplayer games you know mm -hmm. like um, you know like your uh you know like your mmos Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that those 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 type of games aren't typically in my wheelhouse so i tend mm -hmm. to get those and so this probably makes so basically it would be within the jrpg is there a favorite game of all time even though you only gave neo uh <laughs> a 10 is yeah, that the, I, I get that one um but is that the favorite game of all time or is that just the one you've uh, reviewed a 10 that to? was the only that was the only one that i get a 10 to so far i think um i, I really like persona 4 golden that's probably my favorite game of all time um i, I have a really big uh, I have a really big emotional connection with it. Mm -hmm. So so I would say that's probably my favorite game. Well, funny now that actually falls into two questions. So the next one is going to be, what's your most sentimental memory with video games? Mm. Well, my sentimental memory. And then uh, I'm going to add the second question uh -huh. to give you a minute to think as well, because it sort of connects. Uh, what is yeah. it about video games that make you prefer them to other mediums? Very sure. Um, so the one so one really sentimental memory that i do have with video games in particular um when i was in sixth grade um so i really got into kingdom hearts when i was younger and um and and uh 
Kingdom Hearts 2 came out and it was around my birthday too. And so I, I asked my mom to get me Kingdom Hearts 2 and it came out like two days after my birthday and she actually ended up getting it on eBay for some reason rather than like a store, but she did manage to get it. And, and, and like, I distinctively remember, um, you know, that day. And so that's probably for me, like most sentimental memory. Um, as for why I like video games compared to other um, like mediums, I think it's the interactivity you get with video games that you, get, that you really don't get like movies or TV. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and it really kind of puts you into the experience Mm -hmm. um compared to like other things so i I really i really like that sense of agency because i think personally for me um i I feel kind of lost when i don't have like control over us like a situation Mm -hmm. and in a video game you do right you have the controller obviously so i I think that part of my personality kind of plays into it as well interesting that's a that's a great analysis i never thought about Mm -hmm. it like that and then so then now as like uh you know gaming becomes a little bit bigger and funny enough kingdom hearts 2 is one of my own personal yeah. uh best memories and sentimental versions in yeah. gaming as well but now moving into the games industry because i'm going to use a little preface so you don't have to always re-talk about things but you um only do part-time freelancing in gaming right yeah. so it's not your full-time job and so uh one of the questions i wanted to ask was uh you said you started off doing business mm-hmm. why did you end up in journalism <laughs> And that's yeah. a teasing joke because I'm familiar <laughs> yeah. too with the digital media. So I was going to ask yeah, you. Yeah. Um, you know, so in, in digital, in the digital age, you know, I grew up through the 2008, you know, to mid early 2000s sort of death of traditional journalism to the push to digital media when we got yeah. all those sort of web blog and sort of right. miniature right. websites. Mm-hmm. And then that went away again and we moved back into a consolidation form, right? Right. So mm-hmm. now for. For gaming, what was it that sort of made you want to be a game journalist, and how did you get your first position in there, or your first byline, whatever the case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first question, so business. So I, I went to business school. Um, I did. I graduated with a business degree. So in my own experience, going through college and stuff like that. So there's two types. There's two types of business majors, right? They're they're the ones that are like really into it. Yeah. Who like who who go into like you know consulting firms and like accounting firms, you know, like the big four. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they go into like you know, uh, Coopers or like Deloitte or like Goldman Sachs, you know, that. McKinsey's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're really into it. They, they join all the uh, business associations, extracurriculars, <laughs> college. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the first that's type. That's funny. The second type of business major is the one that I, that I am. You're a business major because you know what the hell you want to do. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> it's a very standard like if you don't know what to do i mean you just get the business degree and you know just work a, a decent job you know that kind of thing so i fall under that camp um the, the second type and so in terms of like my foray into like media and stuff like that i i started off wanting to um be a like a host kind mm-hmm. of like a it's kind of like a you know kind of funny or like giant bomb 100 um, those kinds of things, you know, easy allies, that, that yeah. kind of thing. That kind of thing. Um, so I started, I started like doing YouTube videos, stuff like that, but it wasn't really like, like hitting. And yeah. I realized I really, really hated editing videos. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I really yeah. hate it. <laughs> it is the worst absolute part of the entire process. Yeah. So, so like I got tired of that. And then, um, and, and I never really thought about going to journalism. Um, but I, I did apply for a, a position, full-time position over at GameSpot, 
um, about three years ago uh, for a video position. And I had no experience at all. Uh, so it made sense why they rejected my application. But the person who read my application kind of uh, kind of like, hey, if, if you want to get into this stuff, you need to do, you know, A, B, C, you know, stuff like that. You know, you need like a writing background, stuff like that. And so that's kind of, that, that was kind of like the nudge that I needed to get into like the journalism thing. Um, again, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I intended to do in the first place. So then on Twitter, I was, I was already kind of in like the, kind of in like the media square, mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't really have any, like any presence at all. Uh, but then I found, I, I just randomly stumbled across like a, like a, someone advertising like a discord, a discord server of like, you know, people who wanted to start up, start out in, you know, journalism, stuff like that. And I went in there and just chatted with a bunch of folks. And then eventually like um, a month later, I just randomly started a medium blog. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wrote like random opinion pieces. Uh, like I, I did like two or three. And again, I didn't have an editor. Mm -hmm. I, I just wrote it myself. It yeah. sounds okay in my head, so I'll just publish it. <laughs> that kind of thing. I had no editor. I think if an editor read it, they'd be like, you need to change all this stuff and you know all, all that kind of stuff but at the time you know it was just a random you know just like kind of like a smattering of thoughts it's a passion i yeah and then i i uh i did like two or three of those and then a site opened a a, a site was looking for some new writers mm -hmm. uh this one is called only single player mm -hmm. um this is a an older site um they're under the enthusiast gaming banner mm -hmm. right and I submitted an application. I went through like the interview process phase. Um, I, I I only submitted my, my blog material. That's it. I had zero bylines at all. But you know, those two or three blogs, eventually, um, you know, I I used them for the application process and it worked. Okay. And so I, I got the I got the position as a freelance writer at Only Single Player, and I started off new writing like a few like news articles for like a year mm -hmm. until the sh until the site shut down unfortunately um so then that that was kind of like this my stepping stone into where like i am today mm -hmm. um, so again it wasn't intentional um you know i start I, I started off wanting to be a host you know for media yeah. but then as that didn't really take off so i kind of slowly transitioned my way into uh, writing and you know uh journalism stuff like that so no journalistic background didn't go to journalism school went to business school instead um ironically enough business school um really really teaches you how to write professional emails yeah so yeah, it does. does help when like you reach out to pr requesting like interviews or absolutely like that. so 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 there's that aspect here to kind of sound professional when you write emails so that helps absolutely so for anyone listening, you don't have to have a background in it. You just have to have a passion and go get your first little bit of a portfolio together yeah. by writing anything. Exactly. Um, so now what, this was a couple of years back and now over the years, you've sort of gained a couple more bylines and a yeah. couple more established places. Right. Does the industry that you sort of, I know you didn't actually like pursue it sort of in a purposeful manner and accidentally yeah. ended up there, but now that you're in it, is it like, hey, I really like this. I could see yeah. myself doing it. Yeah. And is it sort of, as you see the market, and so this is what I was going to talk about the digital media. It's like, there's like this weird bridging now in gaming where in, in the middle of the pandemic, gaming's popularity shot up exponentially, yeah. Yeah. but the amount of actual publications started shrinking the amount yeah. of cut. Why do you, in your opinion, do you think there was that sort of inverse reaction? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Cause I'm not as someone as part yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, so I started in 2019, mm -hmm. uh, in April, April, 2019, around that time. Um, and then, um, it's funny you bring up the pandemic because that was actually part of the reason why only single player shut down, only single player shut down in April 2020. So like okay. literally right when the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, so, to, so to answer your question about like, why was there like this inverse, right? Gaming shot up, but yeah. gaming shut down. Well, the thing is that when we talk about how popular gaming is, um, it's, it's very pop. It, it makes a lot of money for like already rich people and like executives, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the reason why a lot of publications got hit really hard at the beginning of the pandemic is because a lot of people got laid off stuff like that um uh so when people get laid off they don't have money to spend right and so a lot of sites that depend on ad revenue um they get they they, they got hit by the pandemic because the ad revenue the advertising is useless if you don't have people spending money to buy you know the things advertised yeah. right right and so because advertisement advertising hit sites that depended on you know traditional ad revenue took a hit and so a lot of publications shut down um in particular one that really um really really hurt uh i i i have no idea if this is actually what happened um like the reason why this site shut down um but i you hear ice cream truck, right? I was gonna say, I was <laughs> like, is that an ice cream truck? It, 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 it comes by every now and then, but yeah. Um, so, so I, I don't have any confirmation of, of this, but I, I would imagine it played a big part. But US Gamer shut down, yes, I remember that was a sad one because Eurogamer yeah. and US Gamer were incredible, exactly. Yeah, and so, and so, um, I, I think, I think because of the pandemic. Part of, that was part of the reason why US gamers shut down. But and it, the ad revenue going to not like the people purchasing anything, but because gaming got so much bigger, wasn't there like a large influx of people interested in gaming content? Like, did the websites not see like a bump in readership, viewership throughout um, the time period? I That's where the yeah. I mean, you would think so. You would think um, so. But I mean, I I don't know for sure because I'm not really familiar with analytics. That's like, that, I, I, I'm just I'm just very like like. It's just like from what I hear and stuff like that. It's like what other people tell me. I don't really have any insight on like actual specific numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and also taking into consideration, um, US Gamer and Eurogamer are owned by you know uh, Gamer Network. Yeah. Right. Gamer Network, and then and then that's owned by Repop. Repop yeah. runs like PAX and stuff like that. Yeah, they bought PAX like a couple of years back. Right, and and remember, um, PAX had to like shut down. Mm -hmm. and take a break because of the pandemic so repop by extension didn't have any revenue coming in from conventions and, okay and, and so that kind of that that effect trickled down to the sites yeah. which which if i were to make an educated guess that is part of maybe why you know a site like us gamer would shut down and now do you see like, you know, I see a lot of places suddenly have a, a freelance budget. That's been a running thing that every publication suddenly mm -hmm. has. Um, do you think that now games media publications are seeing a rebound because yeah, of, like you I said, think, the repacks yes, happen, yeah, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think freelance budgets are making a rebound. Um, and I, I do know for a fact that there was a lot of freelance budgets cut 
mm-hmm. during the during the like the height of the pandemic and stuff like that. But I think with you know the vaccines and everyone like going back to work stuff like that, um, it has been uh, a, a lot of sites are regaining freelance budgets and stuff like that. Um, and then I also do think that gaming is again more popular than ever. And again, I don't know the specific numbers, but it seems like it seems seems like things are relatively more stable than they were two years ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all anecdotal. So, like from what I'm seeing is, yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks like a healthier space, but then you know that also becomes: Do you see now like a split and also competition? Where before, if you're writing at like IGN, it's a zero sum in, in in some publications mindsets where. If it's like, if you're writing for each other, but it's not only you're competing with other institutional brands, you're now competing with streamers because they have their own network of news, et cetera. Like Um, this weird nebulous media landscape now. I I think maybe, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I think if you were to pit IGN or GameSpot together, I feel like there could be like some hostility there. But nowadays, Mm -hmm. like we all get along. Um, Like, in the in the written media space, we all get along anyway. We all work with each other. I mean, I write for both IGN and Gamespot on a daily basis. Yeah. And yeah. and they never and like neither of them give me shit for it. It's, it's just how it's just how we operate nowadays. Um, it's interesting you mentioned like streamers, um, and also by extension like influencers as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's this myth that game journalists get paid. By by developers, by publishers, to keep a high score. No, we do not. We do not. We do not get paid enough to deal with like harassment. You know, calling us like, oh, Sony ponies or Xbox or whatever the hell you want to call us. You know, that stop kind of thing. being annoying Twitter users. Exactly. So so I'm shutting that down now. We we do not get paid by Sony at all, or or Microsoft at all to give a good like good score. Right. When we give a good score, it's because we yeah. generally we generally like the game. And and here's the thing, like if you and and when you and then when you talk about like streamers and like influencers, um, they they actually do get paid. <laughs> Bro, I wanted right. to say this, like when they're yeah. doing like all these game reviews and like drops, I'm yeah. like they got so, paid. <laughs> yeah, so 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 like streamers and like like literally then the 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 name influencer. Yeah, influencers get paid to promote products. Okay. And that's fine, you know. You know that's they, fine. That's but just it, fine. It's like, like I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But there should then, be an understanding that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's an understanding because they are an influencer. Like yeah. it makes sense that they get paid to promote the product. Exactly. Like that's fine. But, but did you see that double standard? You know, yes. they're We're, they're they're mad at us for supposedly getting paid when that's not the case. But when but like influencers influencers are doing the exact same thing and. And then you see people in the comments are like, well, fuck you, IGN, you suck. I'm going to listen to this influencer yeah. you know, talk about Call of Duty, you know, and, and their opinion is going to be more right than yours. Because they, it's, I think that bias is reversed because it does exist. But then the funniest part is it's because of the language, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Where if you're always, like you said, like, hey, if I like a game, then I'll write about it. If I'm just, yeah. it's like, hey, I want to go shit on something. No, not really. I don't yeah. feel like yeah. I need to do that. Yeah nobody nobody wants to nobody wants to write a bad review right just like if if i think a game looks good and i want to play it and then when i actually play it and i think it sucks well nobody wants to spend their time playing a shitty game 
right? Yeah. And as much yeah. like writing about this shitty game, right? If like, you feel I, bad. Yeah, like I, I like I feel bad because I'm shitting on the developer's game. I think it's, it's bad. Um, I feel like I wasted my time playing the game because I didn't enjoy it. And then and then I also have to write about it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. So, so that's it, that's a funny <laughs> one because that's a because I was gonna ask what is one of the biggest misconceptions about gamers, and I think yeah. that one's in particular. So then yeah. Now, moving towards just like even in freelancing and then as your own ability to write, yeah. if you like specifically just like a genre, do you still have the option to like, are you always still pitching what you want or do you ever get hit up with, hey, we're thinking of like a couple of pieces and maybe you'd be interested in one of them or like, do they not really have a direction? Like, like a couple of pieces. Uh, like, um, like, do you mean a publication would ask me if I want to review a game or or are you like, like, like they have like thought pieces, right? So they're like, Hey, I we have it. like a newspaper. We have five upcoming investigative pieces we want to do. Okay. You know, would you be interested mm -hmm. in any of these? Or is it usually just uh -huh. we're taking pitches and they don't really have a direct. Yeah. 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 So it really depends. So in my experience, um, if you're just starting out, you're going to have to do a lot of pitching yeah. opportunities are not going to fall in your lap. Um, at first, and even when you get a lot more experience, they don't necessarily like opportunities don't explode all of a sudden and like falling into your lap. You're still gonna have to put up a, a lot of times, you're still going to have to put in a lot of the legwork to you know, outreach. You know, here's my idea for this coverage or whatnot. Um, sometimes, sometimes, yes, opportunities do fall in your lap. You know, like this editor or whatever will reach out to you, you know, without you having reached out to them. Um, a good example of this actually, I see I have a lot of good recent examples. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so recently I did a review for Chinatown Detective Agency. Yeah. Saw that um, article, the first, article. Yeah. So at first I wanted to review the game. However, the, the sites that I picked them to already had a, already had a reviewer working on it. Right. Mm -hmm. like, okay. Well then that's it. Right. But then the editor. Um, like two days later, we reached out to me on the same email chain. Like, hey, so we actually have an interview opportunity that came into our inbox, and we were wondering if you would want to do the interview with this developer of yeah, with the with the Chinatown Detective Agency developer. Like, sure, I'll take it. So yeah. that's one example of of that kind of thing, right? You yeah. know, you know. So 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 the, the website is Rock Paper Shotgun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the the developer reached out to Rock Paper shotgun to offer interview opportunities then okay. rock paper shotgun reached out to me to see if i wanted to do the interview for the site mm -hmm. you know had you written for them before rock paper shotgun yeah no it's that's my first time um, your first time? Yeah. Okay, so, so again it's a, new byline, right? it's a new byline so yeah so it, it's here's the thing if i if i never pitched like even even though like even though i got rejected even though mm -hmm. my review got rejected that rejection led to another opportunity if that editor if, if I never reached out to the editor, the editor wouldn't have noticed, wouldn't have known I existed. And I never would have done that interview opportunity, right? Um, and then another example of this um, is my Elden Ring review. Uh, so I reviewed Elden Ring for GG Recon. Um, like I I knew, I knew this was going to be an uphill battle pitching the review for Elden Ring because mm -hmm. every website is going to keep their um, staff like writer the for a game. Like AAA that. games in house. They're not going to freelance it out, right? Like, yeah. like fat chance. Like, like if you're a freelancer, you're like you are not going to review Elden Ring for IGN, right? <laughs> yeah, it's too exactly. big of a game. They're keeping it in house, like quality control. Like, like that's totally fine. Don't get me wrong. Hundred percent. But, but, but you have to understand, you know, 
the, the context of, you know, where to go. And so I like, I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. Every site going to keep their um, Elden Ring review in-house. Uh, but I managed to land the uh, Elden Ring review at GT Recon. Um, and previously I picked other places like, uh, like even Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I picked a Rolling Stone and they yeah. were like, they're like, no, we don't really cover gaming anymore. Um, I, I, I even picked it to a uh, CNN. Um, so they have a gaming slash tech section. Yeah. Um, I, I knew my Elden Ring pitch would, would just get rejected from CNN because they don't do game reviews. Yeah. I, I might as well just try the off chance that, um, that he accepted it. Right. And I was right. They did not accept the Elden Ring review. However, two days later, uh, um, maybe not two days later, but a few days later, um, after my, after CNN rejected my Elden Ring review pitch, um, they, the editor, the same editor reached out to me, um, asked, asked me if I wanted to take on an assignment for to, just to do a list of like 20 PC games I recommend. Yeah. And that's I took it. Right. And that's a violent at CNN. Yeah. You know, CNN, exactly. So rejection is all part of the job. Yeah. Like you that. will get the rejection like plenty of times, you know, I, I, I did an interview last year. Um, I got, it, it got rejected seven different places um, until, you know, I, I, I eventually landed it at, at another site. But again, rejection is all part of the job. You know, if, if I hadn't, if, if I hadn't reached out to CNN about Elden Review, even though I knew it was going to be rejected anyway, I never would have gotten that opportunity to do that PC games list with the CNN. Yeah, and that's so, you, so, you, you, so you just got to shoot your shot, even though you, you know it's going to fail. It's, it's, yeah. It could definitely be something else. Absolutely, because you know, funny enough, I I was listening in that same real time strategy interview where yeah. you talked about pitching to non traditional gaming publications, mm-hmm. and I thought that was exactly. such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you're saying, which is they yeah. they're going to need people because now as the rebound occurs for some of this right. media, mm-hmm. everyone wants to get into gaming, right? Yeah, and gaming publication, and they're going to separate it from tech. They understand the value of gaming. People love yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, and for people who are aspiring journalists, to heed that advice. That's probably the best advice you could ever get, which is. Mm-hmm. Be practical and just understand there'll be a lot of no's, but those no's lead to a lot of yeses. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, now you see it. So do you see the New York Times had that big Elden Ring yeah. <laughs> mishap? But that reminds me of like that. Remember way back in the day, they did like a boba tea review that ended up going terrible. It was like the the tapioca balls at the bottom. The woman's like, I think oh. so. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a really funny, controversial one. And I remember being like, okay, they don't, they shouldn't be reviewing this. But now as they expand into actual reviews and news analysis and jump into competition with the IGNs, the game mm-hmm. stops, do you see readers or users by or gamers as a whole sort of going to New York Times and being like, oh, hey, I'd be interested in this opinion or are smaller, newer gaming publications still have time to grow? Like as you have all these different elements of established mm-hmm. established media, but not gaming media coming in and then new people trying to establish gaming media outlets. Mm-hmm. Do you see them all able to coexist? Where, in your own opinion, do you see yeah. like? Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. So this is this is funny because I think I think all the websites can coexist. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of finding like a like like a certain voice for your publication. Yeah. Um, so new the that whole Elden Ring thing with New York Times that caused a whole debacle <laughs> because yeah. he, he's just here's the thing. So. Um, you probably already know this, but, and, and you, you did mention it, uh, but a, a lot of mainstream established mainstream websites, they don't separate their tech and their gaming session. They lump it all together. Yeah. Um, 
and and then you end up getting a lot of like weird articles that don't don't really understand the gaming industry as much you know and 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 i, I think that's kind of what happened with new york times with the elderman piece um like reading it like there was a line in there that said uh, like it was something like uh elden ring would have never been as successful if it weren't for the pandemic and all of us were like really <laughs> exactly <laughs> being, like like you know miyazaki right dark souls bloodborne sekiro hugely successful outside the pandemic there was no doubt that elden ring was gonna explode anyway you know 100 so, but so like you but you, would you a gamer be able to explain that to mm -hmm. like who is the audience like you said with the voice but like, who's the audience as well the new york times audience they're gonna see the elden ring review right mm -hmm. they're not gonna read it with the background knowledge yeah yeah of those games and the history of gaming so now yes. can a gaming like gaming writers, et cetera, mm -hmm. can they bring it? There's not as many writers in gaming. Mm -hmm. That's sort of a semi-issue yeah. to those publications and understand that, yo, you have to sell this not as talking to someone like us who can understand yeah. and just yeah, jump yeah, around yeah. games and how yeah. basic or how much knowledge do you have to assume the reader or- Yeah, yeah, so, yeah so I'm glad you brought that up because that is a, 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 different, um, a, a, a different thing to tackle because you, you also need to understand the audience, right? People who read New York Times are like, not too well versed in the gaming. Um, I, I think with the New York, I think with New York Times, what New York Times did um, was they. I think they went too far in in the direction of they needed to baby, you know, the the reader. Yeah. Um, like in the Elden Ring, in the Elden Ring article, they literally describe like what a what a boss at the end of the level was, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you, I don't, I don't think you need to kind of baby the, baby the writer like that, right? The, I think the, sorry, you, you don't need to baby the reader that much. I think with like, with a proper context, I think the reader, if they're, if, even if they're not well-versed in gaming, they, they will, they will pick up, you know, what a boss is, you know, yeah. at, at the end okay. of the level. Um, so, so, so you're right in the case that, you know, more mainstream publications, they might, uh, you might need to write a little differently yeah. so that the audience understands it. But at the same time, you, you need to have like a proper games reporter. You need a proper reporter who understands um, the game industry. It can't just be a tech person just playing Elden Ring. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that kind of exactly. Thing. It, it can't, like, like um, a great, great example of it. Um, of what you should do is the Washington Post, right? Launcher. The yeah. Launcher is Washington Post's games vertical, right? You have uh, Mikhail, you have Gene Park, you have Shannon Liao. You, know, you, you, you have all of those like seasoned games writers who understand the game industry, but write for a big publication like the Washington Post with yeah. Launcher. So that, so I, I don't know why, I, I don't know why like other mainstream sites aren't basically copying launcher model because that yeah. is exactly what you need to do in order to establish in order in order to establish a, like an active voice yeah you know, 100 within like like you know a, a, a mainstream website like the new york times do you think something you're familiar with the athletic 
Yes, yes. I, I, I did pitch to them once, but they never respond back to me. But it was like, do, you, do you think a gaming form of that would work? Do you think because like the problem is there's a subscription basis to all of the traditional newspapers and publications that have yeah. gaming and tech. So now suddenly would a gamer pay for a subscription to any of those? I don't um, think so. Yeah, interesting you mentioned that because the Washington Post, the Washington Post in general is paywall. The launcher is not. Yeah. So so maybe so like hypothetically if if the athletic were to run a gaming section, they could paywall the rest of you know the rest of the athletic would um would but they wouldn't do game but but the game session would you know but that's again, so confusing i feel like gamers are the biggest like consumers of information yeah, yeah, yeah. related yeah. to this shit. like I, yeah. what is happening yeah i'm like yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah so so um i i think there is a good basis for a, subs- a subscription model because um because over because over at the escapist mm-hmm. uh, uh, the escapist um they have a they have a thing called escapist plus where readers can actually subscribe for like like four bucks a month for the whole for their for so when they log in their mm-hmm. own their own version of the website mm-hmm. is ad free okay ad free right yeah. and um you know zero punctuation right the video series yeah. yeah so like so zero punctuation um the episodes appear on the website first mm-hmm. and then the, the week and the, the week later appear on youtube okay um, that's and so if you subscribe to escapist plus i believe um, you get access to that week's zero punctuation episode before everybody um, else. Before everybody else, right? It's like the podcast subscription services get the episode yeah, first. Yeah. Before. So, yeah. so, so I think I think it's so. So I think what the escapist is doing there in terms of the subscription is a good, is something that I think a lot of sites can also try to replicate. Yeah. Um. So, so I, I again, I think a subscription thing is. Can be very helpful. It just I think it really depends on what you can use to leverage because you know zero punctuation very popular. I, I love this video series. I watch it every week. Um, so 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 so, but it really depends on what kind of content you have. Yeah. Um, so again, subscription can work. You just got to figure out a way to do it. Who, who the audience is, and I'm I'm curious because like that was going to be one more where I was going to be like, now just give you a few more questions. It's been almost an hour. I don't want to waste all your time for the day. Oh no no no! I'm it. like I'm free all day. Really? Yeah, I, I can. I'm, I'm I can. Sure yeah, right, like, so I, I'm, free, I'm really free all day. You can just kind of fire off until you're tired. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. So then I was going to say, all right, so now as you yourself, right, you see the, mm-hmm. you, you're very smart about the economics and the practicality right. of the industry, right? Mm-hmm. So do you see this and say, okay, I'm going to be freelancing forever? Probably not, right? <laughs> right. Do you, do you then see it and say, okay, I want to, where's, where do you see yourself fitting in? Is it, you know, on the business side for a strategy? Is it, hey, I want to become an editor? Is it, I want to write just specifically, like for you, because Gene Park's a good I, a version of that to me, where yeah. he sort of runs that version of the launcher. Would yeah. it be for a gaming public? What is it for you? Um, hmm. So just to touch on Gene real quick. So Gene, come on the show. I keep messaging you. Yeah, yeah, he's just cool. I, I, I like him. For, for, so for Gene specifically, he, he, like I think he and I are, are similar in in the sense that we like the enthusiast part of it. Yeah. Like we like doing reviews, we like doing features. Um, on the flip side, you have someone like Shannon over at Launcher. She handled a lot of like the heavier topics, right? Like the Activision Blizzard um, mm-hmm. lawsuit. Um, yeah. She 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 recently had a scoop. Um, I think this past week where 
um, where this one woman um, accused Epic of not hiring her because she was part of like the union efforts at Apple or some of that. Like, you know, so that was a scoop that Shannon got. So Shannon handled a lot of the heavier topics. Um, and I, I think I, 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 I talked with her before. I, I think that's what she enjoys doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, on, and then Gina, on the other hand, handles like the typical, you know, game journalist, you know, reviews, fun yeah. stuff, that kind of thing. So I, I, I fall in line. Um, I think maybe kind of in the middle. Like I, I have some interest in pursuing the heavier stuff, mm-hmm. except I don't have too much experience in that just yet. Mm-hmm. But I think I may skew a little bit more towards what Gene does, which is like enthusiast, which I in, enthusiast stuff, which I which I really enjoy doing. Um, in terms of freelancing, I definitely don't want to freelance forever. You yeah. know, um, of course. Like one thing that so the biggest thing that holds me back um, for go from going full time freelancing um, is that we don't have healthcare here in the United States, right? Yeah, you know, literally. our our healthcare is tied to our employer, yeah. which means that I have to stick with my day job, you know, so I can get benefits, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if, if we had a universal healthcare program, oh yeah, I would quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> go on that and then go free time for, you know, full-time freelance. Um, so, so that's like the, for me personally, the biggest hurdle. Um, and then, but the reality of it right now is that a lot of people are freelancing in the hopes of getting a full-time position somewhere someday. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to get, you know, to get benefits at, you know, work for IGN. Or but do you fired. see a sustainability in it? Because like in the journalism side, right? Because like mm-hmm. it, that's what I mentioned by the video, because like I'm, I'm a student journalism myself on the yeah. business and, and the and the other side. But the yeah. specific version goes like now everyone's moving to video. Right. And mm-hmm. so as someone myself who would have preferred writing, but saw the movement towards video. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I have to do, you know, video to that degree. Yeah. Um, do you see the ability to compete at that scale in the long term through just strictly journalism, or do you think that'll mm-hmm. always have to be a core aspect of it for these outlets? Um, I think there's always going to be a um, a need for writers. Yeah. Right. So I I think for for a good number of people, I think it could be sustainable. Maybe not like freelancing, <laughs> you know, because um. You know, like Netflix laid off their entire editorial arm like this yeah. past week. Oh my gosh, that that kind of thing, it, it, it can really kind of question, like, yeah. do I want to stay in this? Right? Do I want to yeah. stay in writing? Because yeah. you know, you can just you can just get laid off. You know, just just like that. Yeah. Um. So I, I think I think the focus on making things sustainable, um, it's a it's a really really tough nut to crack there yeah um, and yeah uh, with like so subscriptions can definitely like you know offer a, a healthy like safety net you know yeah. if you need it that kind of thing so i think i think there 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 needs to be uh you know some maybe some searching there that, that kind of thing. It, it's it, like it's esports where there's no like financially scalable company that exists right yeah. where i see it and i'm like all right you're here Mm-hmm. but you can only go here. Right. Yeah. And even with these medias, I'm like, all right, what can you really do yeah. to try mm-hmm. to compete yeah. with growing this versus what yeah. you already have, which is mm-hmm. everyone who has a slice of the pie, those exist already. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of change. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not too familiar with esports, but I, I've been told by a lot of people that esports 
companies don't make money. <laughs> no, they don't. Because where, where do you make money? Sponsorships, yeah. et cetera. Like there's, if you just look at the revenue lines, you're like, all right, you don't really have much to yeah. be able to capitalize on mm-hmm. other than now signing. Like all, every streamer becomes like a personality streamer, right? Yeah. 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 But there's no there's no change, right? Do you think there's been a saturation, but that saturation led to stasis where like 2015, 16 and the launch of the Overwatch League, it's like gaming 2.0, right? In my opinion, which is a weird way to put it, but gaming became very more consumer oriented and more mainstream. Mm-hmm. So from there, you had all these streamers that are currently the big crop that are XQC and all these people grew up in this ninjas, et cetera, Pokemon right. in, that, in that time period. Mm-hmm but they've been the top people for years now, been maybe two, three years, and that's not changed at all. Do you see from yourself that, yo, this is moving to a different direction and everyone's looking for something? I I think think that it's really important to establish a voice and a brand. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned like a lot of people need to pivot to like personalities. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, uh, like, you know, you know, Taylor Lorenz, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, so so she spoke on this about you know needing to kind of uh, establish a brand in in like an identity, a personality, because that's how you get a following, right? Yeah. Um, if you have a pretty good following, then no matter where you go, you know, like like Taylor started off at like the New York Times, and now she's yeah. at the Washington Post, you know, and so so, and, and so your voice, your name becomes very powerful, and I think when you talk about like Pokemon, uh, mm-hmm. XQC. Uh, you know, Hassan Piker, yeah, big names, um, no matter where they go, people are going to follow. Um, and, and so, and, and so that's, and again, to bring up Gene again, um, that's why I think Gene has such a dominant voice. There's no one else like Gene specifically yeah, exactly. as a journalist. Like, 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 I, I, like I, I can, I can guarantee you that, you know, uh, Launcher or Washington Post or whatever, uh, they, they're going to do everything in their power to, to keep Gene at the Watson you know, because he, because he, he, he draws in a lot of readers, a lot, a lot of numbers. Look, <laughs> whenever I publish something like real, I, am proud of, I, I, I literally, I literally DM Gene. I'm like, Hey, can you just retweet this? That's and funny. he does. Because I, because I know, I know once yeah, he no. retweets it, the, the, the like count on my, on my post, shoots up by like at least like 50 people like yeah. you know because yeah. you know like i i, uh, I, 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 know I had you know, you know rami ishmael he's also yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So okay. i had rami i had rami on as a guest he retweeted it just shoots straight up and it's exactly. like, like, like like you know they get a lot of like they get a lot of engagement yeah, with do. like their tweets and their articles yeah I, and, and like that's very powerful and and even like you know gene mentioned like hey you know um like he he knows that um that like his tweets <laughs> like could potentially get more views than like like a Washington Post article. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and, and so, so that's why he tweets it out. You know, if he retweets something of yours, it's gonna get numbers. So I heard. Uh, so I, I want to stop you and say, what is your opinion on the fact that Gene spoke with Colin? And I'm just mm. kidding. You don't have to answer that because <laughs> I, I'm not. I haven't been here long enough to like really understand the whole Colin. Right, right like things so i'm like i saw it oh, and I, was like, boy, oh boy. I just saw it and i was like damn that's crazy okay. and then i just moved on so don't sure. worry about it that's more a joke um i mean i i can't answer if you want me to no of course okay if you want to so, okay so this is just my opinion my opinion only okay so um at the end of the day um he can do whatever he wants yeah 
Um, as for what he actually did, which is talk to Colin, um, I personally don't agree with what he did. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's not so egregious um, that it's like it's like a cancelable like 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 I, I don't think he needs to be canceled over it because that's kind of ridiculous. Um, again, like I personally would never talk to Colin. Yeah. Um, I, I don't engage with the audience. I don't want to. But that's just my personal basis. Yeah, and 100%. so, again, Gene can do whatever the hell he wants. That's none of my business. Exactly. But um, it's within the realm of Yeah. Him. Even though I don't agree with what he did. Yeah. Um, but, like, I feel like some people may have, may have kind of Taken a bit maybe far. overblown it a little bit. <laughs> but, but I also don't want to minimize, you know, their feeling as well. So it's a really tr tricky situation. Um, in, in these cases, I tend to... Again, just kind of mind my own business. Yeah, you know, literally. Do whatever the hell he wants, even though I don't agree with what he did. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to put it. And I think there is a lot of ways to not have to disagree or not have to agree with everything someone does in this life right. and still be like, There's, I still view them the same, still respect them, everything the same. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it, but like that doesn't change my opinion of you. And I think yeah. there is... There, there was like, and that's, that's where it is for me too, yeah. right? I'm like, all right. And then like, yeah, and then Gene's smart, like, intelligent person. He's not going to go and have a stupid conversation. Yeah. Even and, if he's on that platform. Yeah, exactly. And and personally, for me, if, like, I don't personally get, like, offended or anything like that unless, unless I can tell that there was malicious intent behind, like, a certain action. Yeah, 100%. I don't get that from what Gene did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that as well, but I know there have been other people who have been personally affected by, you know, some people's actions. Um, mm. and in that case, I, I kind of just want to, um, it's weird. Cause like, I, I don't want to minimize what other people, people have gone through, but at the end of the day, um, life is sometimes complex. It's not, it, sometimes, you know, it's not my business to, go into someone's like, you know personal life or yeah. whatever um yeah. again i just kind of i just kind of mind my own business you know that kind of thing yeah and that is honestly the best way because like we said in game journalism it's like a it's a super wide space and even right. to a degree for myself i'm like listen we got to engage with everybody because life is complex and if right. you if you try to flatten it too much you end up just right. not really getting any subtlety so yeah and and if you don't want to engage with someone then don't. you don't have to yeah. exactly yeah. i i like i block people who i don't want to engage with and yeah that's it i move on with my life exactly and so now moving to uh gaming again into mm -hmm. the actual version so now you've seen the the market and you sort of see it and you're sort of like all right i'm hanging out do you have like any uh interest in doing the video side again or is it just like, hey, I want to do writing and I'm just sort of trying to hang on this? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think like I, I think as I've gotten more experience within the writing part, um, I do enjoy a lot more mm -hmm. than I did before. Um, I think to the point where I may probably not try video again. Yeah. Um, like but at the same time, I don't mind like coming on a podcast like yours, you know. Of course. But to help to like just kind of every once in a while, just yeah. kind of a just kind of go in and do everything. I you know just talk and something like that. Especially since you know I don't have to edit this podcast yeah. right here. <laughs> that, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So 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 that kind of stuff. 
um, you know, I'm fine with. Yeah, uh, but who knows? Things can change. Um, maybe, maybe if I, if, if someone pay, if if someone pays me to edit, then sure, maybe I could try it again. But you know, when I first started trying to do videos and having to edit on a Sunday afternoon, uh, I. I God, I, I was over it so quickly. <laughs> That's how I feel every time I sit down to edit a video. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And then I just exactly. like continue doing it anyway. Right. But now moving to maybe two more, two more questions for you. And these are the right. usual ones. One is our official question. We ask every guest, but firstly okay. to you, what is the definition of a gamer? A gamer? Yeah. Huh. For me, a definition of a gamer, um, I, I think anyone who has an interest in games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily appropriate to kind of gatekeep this medium. Mm-hmm. Because like, I, I think everyone should be able to experience uh, the joy of playing a game, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So so if we can keep, if we can kind of keep the, the walled gardens down um, and be more inclusive um, and accepting of, you know, everyone who wants to you know, try a game, I think, I think that can definitely to you know being a gamer are you saying you're a proponent for easy modes george (laughs) (laughs) okay look (laughs) no it's like i play an easy mode all all the time all the time okay especially if i like have to review a game you know like i I, I will play on easy mode yeah um unless unless you know, an achievement or trophy requires me to play on easy, uh, requires me to play on like the highest difficulty. Mm-hmm. I, I will start on either easy or normal. Yeah. I, I will always. start there. And, and if I want to try a harder mode, I will, you yeah. know, um, like, you know, Final Fantasy, you know, like for example, uh, Final Fantasy Origin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, during the, okay, here's the thing. With, with Final Fantasy Origin, um, I, I had to, I had to play on easy mode because they, because Square Enix only gave us like five days to review the game. So I so I had to literally blaze through the yeah. game in order to finish it, write it, turn in my review um, before the weekend because the embargo was Monday morning, and your editor's obviously not going to work over the weekend. And why don't they do two part reviews where you do an initial impressions and then you come back and you finish your article with the further second um, pack? You know what I'm saying? Like it, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it solves both questions. So that depends on the game. That that makes sense for like are, are you talking about like a review in progress or something like that. Yeah, so sort of yes and no. Where you give it's like there used to be this writer named Yo. Uh, I forget which publication. Maybe it's Hot New Hip Hop. I don't know if you're a music fan, but he does something called a first listen review, where it's literally hit the play button and you're writing. Oh, your reviews are literally live, sort of stream conscious, and then you go back later in a week or two and say, okay, now I gave it time. This is my review, so it's you don't give the in progress version. You give your first impressions off the bat. Okay. Like say you say easy, you get as right. far as you can. Yeah. Hey, I got to here, and this is my impressions. Versus, mm-hmm. hey, okay, I came back. Your score could change and say, okay, yeah. my score went up. Okay. I haven't seen that before. So we do that in the for gaming. We do that in the form of like previews mm-hmm. and then reviews, right? So for previews, okay. Um, so for previews are like first impressions. Mm-hmm. But it's it's tricky because they can either be hands-on impressions or hands-off impressions. Yeah. Um, hands-off impressions aren't necessarily, in my opinion, too helpful because hands-off impressions are literally just watching like the demo on the screen. You're not interacting, like you're not controlling yeah. it. Yeah, you. So, so those are entirely game. helpful. Yeah. Um, but 
but previews, previews can be tr tricky as well because there's a limit on what you can cover, right? Mm -hmm. So, so like I'll, I'll give you an example, um, like Ghostwire Tokyo, right? Mm -hmm. So Ghostwire Tokyo, we were given, you know, a, we, we were both, we were given a hands-off preview back in like January or something like that, and then a hands-on preview like two weeks before the game came out, right? So for hands-off preview, we just watched like a, like an extended clip and then read about it. Personally, I didn't think that was too helpful. Um, personally, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, hands-on hands for hands-off hands-on reviews. Um, like Bethesda gives you guidelines mm -hmm. on like what you can cover, right? So like for so you, you admit it's like Japanese companies are the same Japanese yeah, publishers. Yeah. So, 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 like, for example, like, go for Tokyo, you're only allowed to cover chapters one and two. You are not allowed to talk about this character or this plot point, even if you've gotten that far in the game, mm -hmm. right? So, so some companies will actually give you the full game. And you can play through the whole game. Like, 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 if you want, if, if you, if you can, you can literally play through the entire game um, before the preview embargo, but you can only write in the context of a preview. You know, you know, like you've only played chapter one or two, even though you played the entire game already, right? Yeah. So, 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 so that's what makes it. So that's what that's what makes preview tricky is because you have limited access. Um, your example with like the hip hop music or album or whatever, mm -hmm. um, that's different because when you do the first impression of the album, you you have access to the whole whole thing and you don't have any restrictions on what you can talk about, mm. right? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. and and here's the thing, and again, um, this is something strictly related to journalism, but um, people people are not going to come back to read the second review. Like no. they're not going to because the game's already out; they've already played it. No, like like your your later review or whatever, it's not going to get the same numbers. You know. Yeah, that's what I just like. I mean, is the gaming media like like when it's a movie, it makes sense where there'll be like the first four days you got to get the review out, otherwise everyone's seen it. Yeah. Versus games because they're longer. I can't imagine that everyone who wanted to buy Elden Ring bought Elden Ring within the first forty eight hours, yeah. and there wasn't someone like me who's on the fence. And I'm like, let me see what everyone's saying about yeah. this, and that that could be a process. Yeah, it, it, it's a really tricky thing to nail down. Yeah, um, media is a weird place. I, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a, it's really, it's a really tricky thing. Um, we're all kind of shackled to, you know, the Google SEO gods. Unfortunately, yeah, I was gonna say forever, yeah. forever stuck to that. Um, all right, so now getting our last question in here. This is a classic that we like to ask every guest. What is one cartoon book? animated series comic etc whichever it is that you'd love to see adapted into a video game <sighs> hmm. it's weird because like my, my like my first thoughts are like has this been adapted video game yet <laughs> you know and then some some are like wait maybe this already have huh so we've heard batman beyond before someone said ed and eddie someone said <laughs> avatar yeah um i mean there's I mean, if you're talking about like like, like Avatar, like the blue people, you know, no, 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 Avatar, the, yeah, the, 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 the Black Airbender, the America, Platinum Games did a game on that. Um, that's really interesting. 
Um, it, it's, it's tough to say because I actually don't really read too often or actually watch movies all too often. Besides like MCU stuff, like I'm a, like I'm a total fucking noob and I like like other forms of entertainment outside of outside of games. Um, this is really tough. Um, honestly, I don't have a, I don't have a too good of an answer. Maybe like a Venom focused game, because because like I, I really do like Venom, like like as a character, not like mm-hmm. you know Ed Hardy Venom, <laughs> but like yeah, but like, yeah original Eddie Brock Venom. Adam. You know, yeah. Like, like, like Venom in general as a character, I really like. Hopefully, maybe one day get like a focus game on on Venom or something. One yeah. anime that should be a JRPG. Oh gosh. Mm. And even if it's been made, it hasn't been made right, so they need to make it properly. Yeah, anime. Oh gosh. Um. Hmm. Anime that needs to be a JRPG. Like, I feel you like know, if- I. Hmm. Anime that needs to be a JRPG. If you made a Cowboy Bebop game the same way they made Guardians of the Galaxy game, that okay, that, that'd be a good idea. I, I so, huh? I so, huh? This is this is a really tough one. Um, I'm I'm actually going out on a limb here. Um, I don't think there's been a proper Superman game. Ooh. But, um, I think. When you talk about like Dragon Ball, stuff like that, I think I think a lot of like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z mechanics could work well with a Superman game. Yes. Do you not play Kakarot though? I did briefly, but I never went back to it. I, I like I I, did, I didn't go that I didn't go that far into it. I haven't played but, it yet. Um, but but I've heard Kakarot is like a good basis on yeah. on what like a Superman game could potentially be. Um, but yeah. Superman um, yeah. and Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. and then and then also like this is kind of related but not really. But um, so I'm actually not too well versed in like fighting games, mm-hmm. unless it's like Smash Brothers or something. Um, but but I love like I love um Art System Works and like the Guilty Gear series. Yes. Um, not as like the games themselves, but I I love the art style for yeah. Guilty Gear. You know, like if if. If I could have a JRPG in like the Guilty Gear art style, that'd be great. Especially since I don't play like, especially yeah. since I don't play like uh, I, I don't really play fighting games. Um, Fight, fighting games are a bit repetitive to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it really no depends, disrespect but... to anybody. It's always an opinion <laughs> thing. But like, I play it. and I'm like, yo, in the first like couple of hours, I could. But it's like sports games. I love sports games. Yeah. But they get repetitive. But I'm not yeah. part of a community, and the best right. times to play those games is right. when you're playing multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm with friends, fighting games are great, but yeah. because I don't have a lot of friends, then I don't have fighting game friends. Yeah. So fighting um, game community. And, no and, and also fighting games have a pretty, I mean, depend, depending on who, what the game is and who you fight, they sometimes have a pretty high, like high barrier, yeah. a, a high barrier because it takes skill to be yeah. good at a fighting game. So there's also that hurdle to overcome. Absolutely. But that's funny. But all right. So that was, uh, pretty much a very long conversation interview yeah, um thank you for taking the yeah, time that was, that was awesome yeah. um and so folks his twitter is right here this is george go show some love yeah go subscribe and go read his articles we'll be sharing it on plg yeah adios bye everyone